Oh, hey, baby. You want to come join me? Mm, hello. <laughs> We're all naked. You want to help wash me, baby? Yeah. Here's the soap. Mm. I want you to put your hands on my body. Mm. Yeah. Listen to the rest of this audio story. Shower with your girlfriend at harleyrabbit.com. Use the code INTOIT at the checkout for 25% off and see where the rabbit hole takes you. Turns out I'm into it. Into it. Hey, hey, friends, it is Harley Rabbit here. Welcome back to Turns Out I'm Into It, the show all about helping you discover your kinky self and live your best sex life. Most of us have grown up in a culture where monogamy is the norm. If you enter a relationship, it is pretty much expected that you will be monogamous or exclusive with each other. Um, But times are changing and Alternative relationship styles like polyamory or open relationships are becoming more popular. And as they do, more and more people are becoming more curious about them. So I wanted to do an episode um, specifically about open relationships or sometimes called ENM relationships, ethically non-monogamous. It's a bit of a mouthful. Um, Just addressing some common questions or misconceptions. So if you're one of the people that are wondering do these relationships really work in the long run? Um, Or maybe you're wondering if they are as committed as a monogamous relationship. That's what we're going to be chatting about today. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you would know that I am currently in an open relationship with my partner Slade. We've been together for two years, two and a half years. Um, And so far, that's been working really well for us. So I can address some of these issues firsthand. Um, so if you or your partner are curious about maybe trying this yourself, um, this should be a really insightful episode. But before we jump into all of that, a couple of quick announcements. First one is Cruciator, who was a guest on the show a couple of weeks ago. That was for episode 32, Extreme Scenes, Understanding Abduction Play with Cruciator. If you're interested, I'll pop a link to that in the show notes. Um, So he is running a workshop on um, CNC and abduction play. This workshop will be online. So regardless of where you are in the world, you will be able to attend. Um, I'm going to be attending myself and I'm really excited about it. FYI, Cruciator has not asked me to promote this um, or given me any incentive to promote it. I just want to because I know it'll be really good. And if you've listened to that interview I did with him, you will know that he is an absolute wealth of knowledge on this topic and he's got a lot of experience. I know that a lot of you listening out there are very curious about CNC play and rape play, abduction play, all of that. Very taboo, but very, very popular. Um, But it is one of those kinks that can be quite risky. So please, if you're wanting to play in this space, this is a wonderful opportunity to educate yourself with someone who has experience, who's done scenes like this before many times. That workshop is on the 29th of January, I believe. So if you'd like to attend, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Otherwise, if you're on FetLife, check out Cruciator. 
um, there should be a link to that on his profile. Secondly, um, I'm really excited to be growing this podcast even more this year. And there's nothing better when I see that there's this little graph that shows me the listener number of listens per episode and just seeing that go up and up each month is amazing. Um, So if you would like to, if you think it's good and you'd like to see it grow, um, the best thing you can do to help me out is give me a star rating on uh, either Spotify or Apple or tell your friends. I can't tell you how excited I get when people tell me they were recommended my podcast. I'm like, oh my God, people are talking about my podcast. It's so exciting. But yeah, recommendations or star ratings are amazing. And you legends who have already done that, thank you so much. All right, let's jump in to today's episode. Just so we're on the same page, I thought we may as well start with some definitions. What exactly is an open relationship or an E&M relationship? So E&M stands for ethically non-monogamous, which is a bit of a mouthful, which is why we abbreviate it. Um, And this is a relationship style, which basically means that both partners have given their consent for each other to have sexual experiences outside of the relationship. So unlike cheating or having an affair, um, which involves secrecy and violating your partner's trust and consent, um, an E&M relationship is about being really open and honest with each other. You talk about feelings a lot in an E&M relationship. Um, and it also means that you are always respecting the boundaries that you both have agreed upon. So different open relationships will have different boundaries depending on what you are comfortable with. So for example, a common boundary is um, you might've agreed that it's okay to have sex outside the relationship, but not with friends or people that you know, or for Slade and I, the boundary is we always use condoms if we're going to have sex outside the relationship. So If you do decide to open your relationship or begin an open relationship, there's a lot of conversation about these boundaries in the beginning. And there's no right or wrong way to do it either. It depends on your individual needs. And these boundaries might change as well throughout the relationship. They're not set in stone. Lastly, on the definition, um, an open relationship is different from a polyamorous relationship. So in polyamory, you are having multiple relationships or relationships with different people at the same time. Whereas in an open relationship, you typically have the one partner, but you can have sex with other people outside of your partner. Does that make sense? Okay. So onto some misconceptions. The first thing that a lot of people think when they think about E&M relationships or open relationships is, yeah, but do they really work? And this is a fair question because traditionally we're taught that sexual fidelity is critical to the success of a relationship, right? As long as you are true to your partner and you don't cheat, you'll make it. That's the message that our culture is sending us. So it's understandable if you're feeling a bit skeptical. But if we are going to ask that question, we also need to ask ourselves, do monogamous relationships work? Right? Because the answer is the same. We've all been through breakups. We've been in monogamous relationships that haven't worked out. That doesn't mean that monogamy doesn't work. It just means that you were with the wrong person. And the same is true for open relationships. So when I see people 
use um, if it, if an open relationship couple break up, and then they use that as evidence to say, see, open relationships don't work. That's just complete bullshit. They broke up because they weren't right for each other. Although open relationships are becoming more accepted in our culture, which is awesome, um, there's still a lot of resistance. There's still a lot of fear and misconception going on about non-monogamy. Um, and I would say that ma- the majority of people still see monogamy as the normal or right choice or the moral choice. And a big part of that is because people often confuse commitment with sexual fidelity. So they believe that people in monogamous relationships are more committed to each other than people who are in open relationships. But this is just not true. Commitment is about being dedicated enough to your partner that you're willing to work through the hard stuff, that you're not going to bail at the first sign of trouble. Now, I love my relationship, but there are times when it's not easy. Making a relationship work takes a lot of work. It takes self-reflection. It takes vulnerability. It takes reminding yourself that your partner loves you and that you're on the same team, even if you just want to throw something at their stupid face right now. That's commitment. To give you some examples of what commitment looks like in my relationship, um, so firstly, Slade and I, when Slade got a new job, which means he's working a lot more um, and we don't have as much time together, we've made it a priority that every day at 4.30 when he gets home, we have a cup of tea together and we have an after work chat and we tell each other about our day. That might go for 20 minutes, it might go for an hour, um, but we make this a priority because we're committed to each other. We realize that this is really important. Even if there's other stuff that needs doing and feels like more urgent, we always make sure that we touch base after a work day and have that time together. Another thing we do, which is maybe quite extreme for some couples, but it works for us, um, is every month, once a month, we have a relationship meeting and we talk about key areas of our relationship. That might be finances, it might be goals, it might be well-being. Often those relationship meetings get a bit heated and they take emotional work to get through. But we do it every month because we are committed to each other, because we know it's worth doing. Lastly, um, the other day was a really good example of commitment. We had a bit of an argument. Um, I was feeling like Slade was leaving all the decision-making up to me and not being very helpful in that decision-making process. Um, and I was feeling upset about that. And I, I confronted him about it and he was like, whoa, that's not true. I helped you make the decision about what we're doing today literally an hour ago. So what the fuck? He didn't say what the fuck, but he probably thought it. Um, and in that moment, I had a choice to make. I was feeling really activated, really defensive. And the toddler inside of me just wanted to be like, oh, that's just one example. Every other time you leave it all up to me and it's really hard. That was how I felt. Um, And I was obviously getting quite angry. But I realized the reason I was probably getting quite angry is because part of me knew that he was right. And he did help me make that decision this morning. And I'm like, God damn it. Um, But this is just what our toddler brains do, right? And in moments like this, it can feel really good 
to lash out at your partner and be like, fuck you, blah, blah, blah. You just want to point all that anger somewhere. And not doing that takes a lot of work. It's really hard to do. And luckily in this moment, I was able to catch myself and be like, no, Slade's right. He, it's probably not true that he never helps me make decisions. Um, But I also don't want to invalidate my feelings. So I said to him, okay, you're right. It's probably not true that you never help make decisions. But I am right now, I am, that's the way I'm feeling. It feels like you're not helping me and that's making me really upset. And just being able to wrangle the toddler inside me for a minute and remember that I love this man. He would do anything to help me. He's not my enemy. (laughs) Um, I don't want to lash out and hurt him just because I'm upset. So being able to remember that in that moment and gain some control back over my emotions meant that we could resolve this argument and actually come back together and reconnect and work it out. Can you see the commitment in this example? Do we sound like we're in a committed relationship? I'm going to say the answer is probably yes, because you understand that commitment is about being willing to do the work on yourself to be a better partner because you know your partner deserves it. Commitment is about putting in the work, even when it's hard, because the relationship is worth it. This doesn't necessarily have anything to do with monogamy. Make sense? In fact, I would even argue that a successful open relationship takes just as much commitment, if not more commitment, than a successful monogamous one. And that's because an open relationship requires so much open communication It asks you to both work through your jealousy and through your insecurities with each other rather than giving into them. And that's not easy. Early on in Slade and I's relationship, when we first started to see other people, it was really difficult and we had a lot of jealousy and insecurity come up. That's normal. It's not like you decide you're going to be open and then you just don't have any of these feelings anymore. That's not how it works. Although I feel like we mostly have got there now. Um, but it's, it takes work, you know? Um, so one of the things you have to work on is you have to confront your jealousy. You have to understand, all right, why am I feeling jealous about this? And usually it's because you're feeling insecure. I think I've talked about this on a previous episode, but one of the things that came up for me was I would feel really jealous when Slade would talk to women who were younger than me. And that's because I was feeling insecure about getting older and I felt scared that he might like them more than me. And that didn't feel very nice. This is a perfectly valid reason to feel jealous. We're all human, you know. Um, But it meant that I was able to talk to him about that and he was able to reassure me and make me feel like he is really attracted to me and focus on giving me that reassurance. This allowed us to really work through that issue. Um, It would have been a lot easier for me to be like, I feel jealous, don't talk to her. And sure, that would have temporarily fixed the problem, but it would have been a Band-Aid fix. So being open forces you to go a lot deeper into your feelings of jealousy and insecurities, um, which is tough. It's really tough. But the payoff is huge. 
because you end up so much closer for it. So in this sense, I hope you can see that couples in open relationships are absolutely committed to each other. In my personal opinion, I feel like the reason we are still so judgmental of open relationships in our culture is because as a culture, we find it really threatening. For most people, the thought of their partner being in the arms of another man or another woman is terrifying. It brings up enormous feelings of jealousy and insecurity, and not everyone wants to deal with that. And that's okay. I'm not here to tell you that monogamy is wrong um, or that being open is better than being monogamous. I'm just here to tell you that there's other options for relationships. And if this is something that you're curious about, then you should feel no shame in wanting to explore that and talk to your partner about it. Your relationship is between you and your partner or partners. It's no one else's business. Obviously, I'm pretty passionate about this topic because being in an open relationship has been really important to me and it's worked really well for me. But honestly, I still feel like I can't be very upfront about that with a lot of people, even people who are very close to me, because there's still so much judgment around it or just people don't understand it. So I hope that this episode has helped to help more people understand what an ENM relationship is um, and that people who are in ENM relationship are just as committed as people who are in monogamous relationships. All right, I think I will leave it there. Um, I may do a follow-up episode for this one next week. Um, I actually, when I was planning this episode, I had intended on telling you guys about these, I came across these five great tips for people who are wanting to open up their relationship. But I realized I couldn't do that episode without explaining all of this stuff first. So keep that in mind. Um, If you are curious about opening up your relationship next week, I'm going to have some really great steps that you can take that I think is going to help you um, on that journey if you choose to go that way. All right. I hope you're having a wonderful day, afternoon, morning, night, wherever you are in the world. Um, Till next time, play safe, have fun, and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Turns out I'm into it. Into it. Into it. Thanks for listening to Turns Out I'm Into It. If you've enjoyed this episode, please remember to hit subscribe and leave a rating and review. This will help other people just like you to find this podcast. If you have any comments or questions, you can reach out to me on FetLife or through the Harley Rabbit website. My name on Fet is Harley Rabbit, or one word, or you can message me direct through the website. Go to harleyrabbit.com forward slash podcast. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the show. I will be back soon with another episode exploring the wonderful world of kink.